Good evening. Happy Sunday, folks. J-Mac, you look a bit blurry. I look fine at this end, so it's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously the, the the internet is, is just not being my friend again, so um, yeah, yeehaw. We'll just need to deal that with it, the, as we always do. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, tonight. Um, we're live across Facebook, YouTube, everywhere that you can kind of consume live podcasts. Um, so tonight, so J-Mac, for context, usually I always kind of pick the guests. I always mm. reach out, more more often than not, um, and schedule the show. But J-Mac started sending me these videos of a fella singing uh, and just all around creating content that was quite happy, makes you feel good. And you had said to me, hey, I'd really like to get this guy on the podcast, uh, just kind of chat to him because I've been following him for a wee while. So we are going to have Ross Gibson on tonight. J-Mac, what was it that, that you were... What, what really attracted you to his content? I think, I mean, this was actually only quite recently, probably within the, within the last two weeks or so, um, maybe maybe three. And mm -hmm. uh, I was just scrolling through TikTok mindlessly for, you know, 26 hours a day, as you do. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> and uh, I think the first video I seen of his was one where he was, he was playing his uh, ukulele and uh, singing... Uh, a cover version of something he does his own original music and he does mm -hmm. covers as well on the ukulele right. and i was just like this, this guy's got a really quite angelic voice this is yeah it's, it's really nice to listen to and then he, then i found out he does other stuff he does does wee comedy bits and stuff as well he, he's also an artist and um, so he posts a lot of his, his art there um just seems like an interesting chat and thought i'm gonna reach out this this could be could be really interesting Absolutely. So we're going to chat a wee bit about movies, and then as always, we're just going to go off onto the sides and just start talking fun for the next wee while. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, Ross Gibson. Ross, welcome to Jibber Jabber Podcast. How's it going, my friend? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, ah, very, good. Very we're good. in Scotland. Where about are you? And You're in America, right? So I'm, in, uh, I'm actually in southern Illinois, but just outside of St. Louis. Ah. Ah, nice. I don't Listen, think I know anyone. Yeah. They they border each other, so on the ah. right Mississippi River. Ah, hey, I, I think I know a song with Mississippi in it. Hey, how many songs are there with Mississippi in it? There's a lot, right? Probably. <laughs> so we are uh, we're really big movie fans, as you can see with the wee background tonight. We really love horror. What what I I'm really good at judging someone based on who their favorite artists are and what their favorite movies are. What would it, off the top of your head, what would like the top three movies for you be of your whole life? Okay. Top three movies. I'm going to have to go with number one, uh, the sting. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, love that movie. Um, I knew Paul Newman personally in my life. You so. did? Yeah, I did. Like, um, I knew this was going to be interesting. I didn't know it was going to start this quickly. <laughs> he, uh, he started a, a, a camp for kids with cancer in Connecticut. Uh -huh. And uh, that, that camp still operates today. So I met him through that and got to know him over the years. So, But my, my uh, association with him aside, it's, it's a great movie and it's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, another two would be The Big Lebowski. <laughs> nice. Huge yeah. Big Lebowski fan. Uh, and the number three is duck soup. Duck soup. I've never uh, heard of duck soup. It's four Larks brothers. It's from like the thirties. All right. Okay. Duck okay. Soup. That's oh. with Groucho Marx and all those guys. It's it's funny. 
Ah. You know, some of the uh, I used to like uh, when I was younger. I would watch some some old Charlie Chaplin stuff and Buster yeah. Keaton. There is something about those old films that are are just so so charming and like ridiculously funny. You know, yeah. it's the fact I love that they can do it without talking, and you know, <laughs> if you can do comedy without talking, then it's always going to be funny. <laughs> Must have been. Yeah, right. exactly. Must have been for me was that. Exactly. Um, I think how, Young Frankenstein's um, amazing. That's yeah. old. How, how, how big is Mr. Bean over in the States? Not very. I know. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a, a British comedy nut. I, I get real obscure with my, my like of it. Uh, but Mr. Dean, I, I watched tons of Mr. Dean. My favorite Mr. Dean bit is the one where he's in the department store and he has the, he has like the dinosaurs and stuff at the nativity scene. And he's doing like a <laughs> with him it's by far my favorite one uh, i always I felt really sad from he it's... made it across the pond that's nice uh, <laughs> it's, it's mad though because we always assume that everything over here in the uk that that we love is exactly the same over in america and for me like i sometimes kind of get my head around when people don't like we don't know stuff from america and americans don't know stuff that we enjoy eh? And I, you know, I only see the stuff that they show over in America. I'm sure there's other stuff that I've never seen. But do, do they show? Do they show? A, it's a, it's a classic British comedy here called Only Fools and Horses. Do they show that over there? Uh, yeah, for a, a little bit on my on my public television station. That was mm. pretty. Yeah, that's that's that program for me is like comfort food. Whenever there's nothing on or I feel a bit crap, I just Only Fools and Horses. That's that's what goes on. I, Comedy is probably are you being served? I ah, yeah. I was I was raised on that. That was on my public television station. My dad and I used to watch. And I I, <laughs> thought, it, I thought it was the height of hilarity. I was like, oh my god, did they actually say that? <laughs> <laughs> Can they actually beat it? What would you say your favorite horror film is? Horror? Oh man. Um, <clears throat> I would actually probably say Psycho. Oh, nice. What did you uh, think of Psycho too? Huh? What cycle two? What did you think of that? Oh, it was terrible. It was really. I I didn't think it was that good at all because it was it was in color. I think mm. I think what made cycle work was the fact that it was in black and white. You. Mm. Um, oh, J Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I love black and white, man. I love black and white. We we yeah. recently made a a short film. I say recently. It was over the the last year or so. Um and. Uh, I had this great idea that we should do it in black and white. I love black and white. It's so effective. You get to see the world in a way you would never get to see it. And all the other guys just went, no. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit like a bit like your little video that you did with the uh, Cardinals and the Yankees. It's like, let's go Yankees. No. <laughs> that, that was my wife that I was talking to as well. So she's a Yankees. And... Uh... <laughs> Whenever they play, we we have to divide clear lines. I'm on the cardinal side. She's on. <laughs> how um, how did you and your wife meet? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. We we ah oh, sweet yeah, yeah oh. we were in a gaming group and uh, we sat next to each other and talked and then started hanging out and that that was that. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, so. Ah, J Mac again. Deal the deal. It wasn't anything romantic or anything. It was just our our level of nerdity 
<laughs> ne- Which is nerdity. sweet itself. That's a great. That's a great word. Nerdity. Nerdity. <laughs> no, that is quite nice. D and D. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was saying that D&D looks like something I would love. I've played it a few times, um, yeah. one memorable time, and it was the only time I had a good time was when there was a dungeon master that knew what he was doing. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you get lost. Like It's so hard to pick up if you're not in a crew, I would say, that, right. that can teach you. Something I would love to, though. Yeah, if you have a bad play group your first time out, you're not going to like the game. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. That's what they're doing. But yeah, if you guys like horror movies, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of applications that you can... You can make an adventure that's basically just a big horror movie, the entire mm. the entire session long. And yeah. I had a, a dungeon master that that did that one time. He he created this kind of gothic horror session where uh, something was killing all of these people in this tavern we were staying in, and we didn't know what it was. And it ended up being a severed human hand that had animated, and it got ah. hold and was killing people. And it was just creepy. <laughs> ah, evil Dead. Yeah. Well, I, the campaign I was playing, I was an archer that had magical spells, and these wolves tried to attack us. And then I said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to aim at these wolves and take them all out with one arrow." And then I I rolled the dice, and the dungeon master was like, "Yeah." So Kevin tries to throw his arrow, and because of what I rolled, it turns out that I kind of slipped, and the arrow went into me and put me to sleep. And the wolves set all my friends, so it didn't go down too well. <laughs> and that, just to be see, to be honest, that's probably what would happen in real life anyway. <laughs> would you agree? Yeah. So, D and D. About how long have you been into that for? It's had a it's, obviously D and D's had a massive resurgence since the start of Stranger Things. Look uh, at your t-shirt, oh, Jim, okay? I know, I know. I had to. I started in. Right around college, that was that would have been around 2000. So I've been playing it for since then, so 23 years, I guess. I've been playing it, wow. um, and yeah, I've I've noticed that that there's a huge surge in popularity for it because of Stranger Things and yeah. play it now. And and uh, the version of the game that's out now is a little less complicated, I think, to make it a little more accessible for people, mm. and, right. which is good, you know. We, we want people to play more role-playing games because yeah. there's something for everybody in 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 role-playing games. But it's it's really that people are starting to see that. Yeah. Um did you see have you seen the, the, the recent movie, the Dungeons and Dragons Yeah. What was what's it called? Dungeon it's, it's got a ta- it's got a, a tagline. Honor and Lung Thieves. I don't nah, I, that's the one. Something. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. We went and saw it in the theater. It had some pretty funny moments. Yeah, it did. Um, for, for us, um, I watched it with my family, my wife and my, my nine-year-old boy. And uh, it was the bit where um, Chris Pine's face just started to kind of mess up. Yeah, kind of melt. <clears throat> and he's, he's playing his lute. And yeah, that was... That yeah. Was... We, we all nearly fell off the floor. <laughs> fell off the floor. Fell to the floor. <laughs> Falling off the floor is more difficult. You guys like. Sorry? What kind of horror movies do you guys like? Oh, that's a hard, hard, hard <laughs> question. Um, so one that we both cherish is a film called The Gate. Um, oh, Stephen okay. Dorff, he's a young boy in it. Do you remember The Gate? Have you seen yeah. it? Phenomenal film. J-Mac, you need to tell, you need to tell Ross the story of how <laughs> we got the direct, the writer and director of The Gate, Tibor Takas, on this show. Tell yeah, me. I love that movie. Yeah, we, I was, um, I was, let's say, mildly inebriated one night. And um, 
I started just kind of looking up, um, you know, kind of people involved in the movie industry on Facebook to see if I could get in contact with anybody. And normally I would just send a message and never get a reply. This time I was like, no, I'm going to try and call them. I'm going to call them. Now, <clears throat> so I called Tibor Takas, who was the director for The Gate, uh, and uh, he didn't answer. And then I got a text from him. I got a message saying, call me again. I was like, oh, cool. Now, my Facebook profile picture at the time was uh, a picture of Ron Perlman because people tell me occasionally that I look like Hellboy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so <laughs> when I called him back, he, he thought that I was Ron Perlman using an alias. <laughs> um, so, um, so I thought he would just hang up the, the, the call, but um, we both had a, a little laugh about it and then we spoke at, I asked him if he would come on the podcast and he said yes I think it was the next again night he actually mm -hmm. came on the show mm -hmm. so yeah basically I catfished him by accident <laughs> that's <laughs> really he's such a nice guy as well such a nice oh, guy he's great yeah mm. um, I, I like um, excuse me big fan of The Shining The Shining and uh, The Thing I think is up there uh, mm -hmm. those are those are really high on the list Satan's little helper that no one knows, Bar Matthew Man. <laughs> nah, I didn't think you would know that one. Um, oh, it's really hard to pinpoint one great horror film. I, I love a like, I, my Blu-ray collection is full of like special editions of some of my favorite horrors. But see, to, like the correct answer for any movie fan when someone says, "What's your favorite film?" is I can't answer that. There's <laughs> too many. There's far too many. You know. Yeah. The me, um, anyway. the thing with horror films is that. Great horror films don't necessarily have to be great films. Horror horror movies can get away with being really, really bad, mm. but just enjoyable, you know? Right. Like, well, what's, what's the one you like? Return of the Living Dead? Is that is that the... Kevin? Oh, me? Yeah. Return of the Living Dead? Oh, phenomenal. What do you mean, really <laughs> bad? That's a phenomenal film. <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> the part two and there's part three. I actually just no longer found part three on physical disc. Um, Return <laughs> of the Living Dead is phenomenal. I've got um, a, is that a, a book or a Blu-ray sent to me from one of my friends who made the documentary about it. For just, it's, it's its own cult kind of following to it. But I think, see, my, my wife, it was recently my birthday last month, and um, my wife, she surprised me. I, I love Arrow's. Uh, do, do, you know, do you have Arrow out in... The states you will in fact i think it's pure as an american company but we get uk exports arrow they're essentially a distribution company that buy old titles and then they release them with a, like a nice box set and they repackage them so it's like new artwork and stuff well i have a collection of arrow films that are that are nicely packaged and my wife is like i have no idea what half of these films are right but for my birthday she says to me she says i went i walked into the shop I looked for the arrow symbol on a film. I looked at what what looked like the shittest horror film, and knew you would love it, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me to a T. <laughs> of the genre doesn't matter the film; you just love the genre. Dad, yeah, well, we do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. First <laughs> Evil Dead is class. It's a bit over the. How can you take it? Like, so there are. Let's break horror down for a second, right? You've got horror, which is genuinely terrifying. Films that you watch for the first time, and you're like, fuck me, I don't feel right after that, yeah? The Exorcist. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you've got Love films. Them. You've got films that are like, <laughs> this is what we're in for. Okay. <laughs> Pop the beer open. Right. Well, let's go. Let's go there. And then there's, you know, there's the absolute gruesome. There's the gore fests. Yeah. I think I love all of it. I think I think there's a. I've got time for, for all of it at certain times. It depends what you fancy at what time. Eh? Like with the gore fest, did you see cocaine there? <laughs> <laughs> we actually reviewed it. We were sent it to to review. Um. Uh. I think cocaine bear was phenomenal. I think um, I loved it. <laughs> uh, it was. It was fun. It was. It was definitely fun. And it was made by Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, just to, to talk about yourself for a minute, Ross, uh, how long have you been on uh, TikTok? I just did my one-year anniversary back at the end of July. So, so you got 42,000 followers in a year. Yeah. Uh, you're doing better than we are. So, But that's on TikTok, by the way. That's no long form. That's no uh, long form. That's, I know, I know, but still, TikTok. that's impressive. I know, it's definitely good. It's definitely good. Um, what made you decide to start doing TikTok videos? I, you know, I fought it for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I always had this, this idea that TikTok was a place where teenagers hung out and did teenage stuff, and it was just something that, as a middle-aged person, now I don't, I don't understand. But uh, mm. actually, my oldest sister during the pandemic said you should start putting some of your music on tiktok and i went no no there's no one that's going to want to hear my music on tiktok i said it's all it's all bluesy and stuff and she goes no trust me she goes mm. there's there's way more adults on tiktok now because that's what they did during the pandemic they <laughs> started making tiktoks and she was right yeah. mm-hmm. i started posting on there and i'd say within at least a, a month i was already at a thousand fans and doing lives so yeah <laughs> quickly and it, it just kind of shocked me all of a sudden i had all these all these fans and people following me and it's it's just it keeps going up it just keeps going up yeah. in popularity they say that um and it's true to an extent whether you're doing social media or whether you're just on social media that it can be quite detriment detrimental to someone's well-being their mental health etc do you find that since you've started creating content that the responses has only given you a boost in your own mental health and, and within your, because, you know, I think if, if you're, if you're making other people feel good, I think that must get rescinded to you. I mean, we always feel good when our audience writes in, tells us how good it is, or we go somewhere and someone's like, Oh, can I come on your podcast? Makes us feel good that knowing that what we're doing is actually entertaining other people. So we're bringing some sort of joy to others. And that's, and in turn that brings us joy. Does, is that what you get? Do you get that from TikTok? I absolutely do. Yes, I, yeah. I. That's, you know, that's that's the ultimate reward is is opening up your TikTok and seeing that you, you have comments from people saying that how much they like something that you did. Mm-hmm. It, you know, because when you make any kind of content, whatever it is, art, music, comedy, or even you know, content like what you guys are doing, reviewing mm-hmm. movies, you guys are just doing. You know, you start out just doing it with each other and for yourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you're with that and around that. You know, you just think, well, you know, this is this is great, but would anybody actually like that? Well, to, to have people tell you, yes, we actually like that, mm. and then it's boost. It 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 validates what you're doing and yeah. makes you want to do it more. So, totally. what one thing? Um, one thing that I'm going to touch on here. When I first got in contact with you to ask you if you wanted to come on the show, you mentioned that you you were quite careful about yeah. the things you decide to do. 
Um, was was there a story behind that? If if you had some some kind of negative contact through things that's happened through social media, you know, I I was a childhood cancer survivor. I was diagnosed when I was six with leukemia, and I went mm. through a bunch of different treatments that affected the way I look and sound uh, later in life. So I've always had to deal with you know people looking at me and thinking, oh, you know. Who the hell is that? You know, who, who is that? Why, why do they look that way? So mm -hmm. I've, I've had to deal with that my whole life. And I knew I wasn't, that wasn't going to be, you know, something that was just going to go away, especially when I got on TikTok. I knew I was mm -hmm. going to. So, but, you know, I've had, I've had trolls on my page a lot um, doing what they do. And my, my feeling about trolls on, on social media is, they boost the algorithm just like other people. So <laughs> and and say something about me, great. That that's just interaction from my page. People are gonna start coming there and mm -hmm. making so it, it, it benefits me. But where where I've had issues is I've had some people reach out to me like you guys did to, to do like a podcast or something and then it ends up not being that, it just ends up being a uh um, you know, a, a situation where they want to make fun of me or something like that. So that's mm. happened. That's happened once, um, unfortunately. And and so now, you know, when when I when I'm approached by people, I'm a little guarded. You mm -hmm. know what you're about. You know, and and to actually see, you know, what it is that you guys do. And, yeah. You know, some of your content knew knew that you guys were legit. So. Oh, I decided cheers. That's it. I'm surprised you watched our content and was like, "Yeah, I'll go on this." Sometimes we just talk. Sometimes see when see when we're we're like we're reaching out to guests and they're like, "Yeah, I'll check you out." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> but one thing I'll say, mate, is, "Hey, you kicked cancer's ass, so I don't think there's anything in this world that can really stop you." So it, it more is, power to you. I can't, you know, I can't do social media when when I've gone through chemo and stuff like that. Chemo is kind of the kind of the thing that keeps me humble you know because yeah. i went to, i'm an attorney during the day and mm. um you know when somebody asked me do you think you can do law school i said i, I handle chemo okay so i think i could probably do law school <laughs> exactly that's, that's awesome I, I actually just again i've only started following you quite recently but uh, i saw some videos saying you went through a period where you were unemployed how, how how long how long were you unemployed for before you got the job with the uh, was it the district attorney's office or something? Yeah, and the district attorney in St. Louis County. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, nine months. Nine months. Nine was, months. Yeah, it was tough. Wow. I, I had a job. St. Louis as a city is kind of divided into do into two like judicial districts. And one is called the city and one is called the county. I worked for the city for a while. And then that was too much just hmm. there's a lot going on in the city so i went to the county which is a little more spread out jurisdictionally and that that affects the kind of cases you get so it's a little less stressful out in county <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it, it was so it was so are you a, are you a trial lawyer or um what what kind of stuff do you do is it, is it more business related stuff or now i do um child support so any any parent that, that's out there not not paying their child support, those are the cases that I prosecute, and that's that's less going to trial and more just trying to get people to go to work so that they can, because mm -hmm. that's the number one reason that child support doesn't get paid is people don't have jobs, 
and they, they can't. So you, if, you, if you can get these parents working, then the child can get support and stuff like that. So it's more, it's more just trying to direct them towards services that can help them find a job. Right. Afro man better watch it. Mm-hmm. Afro man. Oh, I thought you would get it. No, that's real. Get it. It's, that's over my old head. Man. Have you ever have you ever heard the song <laughs> "Because I Got High"? Yeah. There we go. He says. Oh no! I, I, of course I know that song. Support, and then he got high. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No. See, jokes are funny <laughs> when you don't have to explain them. <laughs> Someone at home watching this right now going, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> damn right. It's, damn right. So, so you said you were you were diagnosed with cancer um, at the age of six. Um, what 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 type of cancer did you have? Leukemia, did you? Leukemia, yeah, and uh, that's a cancer of the blood. Uh, and I I had kind of a rare type, so um, they had to do a lot of different kinds of treatments with me uh, than they did with the typical case. So right. it was it was pretty severe, and um, I ended up having a bone marrow transplant. Um, when I was also six, and it was my sister who was the donor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so a good you, sister. You must look at life and through a lens that not many of us get to, really. Yeah. Because uh, what was it? I, I saw that, I read an article, you know, sometimes you'll be scrolling and an article will come up, and it was about a guy who, who beat cancer, but he says within his time fighting cancer, he said everything, like he was a depressed person. And then he had cancer, and that essentially erased everything about depression from him. So when he beat it, he was a completely new person because I think he looked life through a different lens. Yeah. You know, when you really got to fight for it, um, you, def you definitely look at things differently. And you know, that happened to me young. You know, I was I was young when yeah. I had so all of the, I guess all of the the, the bullshit of childhood. Mm -hmm. You know things just seem pretty trivial to me. So I grew up, I grew up kind of a different minded kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even, even up through like middle school and high school, just the things that people in my, in my class were, were worried about, I wasn't worried about. And yeah, it was just more of a maturity, but at the same time, I'm still, you know, I'm still a stupid kid. So it, <laughs> it, it we all, <laughs> issues because there were sometimes my, my mom had to remind me you're not an adult <laughs> so, <laughs> I <like> one. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah we're going through exactly the same issue with my nine-year-old boy right now he seems to think that he is an equal in the house yeah. i think they they try and teach the kids this at school we want to call the school and go fuck off this yeah. is, <laughs> you're you're ruining my child he's not a grown man yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. cool. we Definitely had the same problem in my household with my two kids, our two stepkids, and, oh, nice. and I tell people all the time, I said, they might make it to 18. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> God. So what got you into playing ukulele? Is music a, a passionate? Well, obviously, music has a passion of yours, but um, my first instrument I learned was guitar, and then naturally, I started to stray to bass guitar ukulele and um, was it did you go straight to ukulele and what, what were your influences george formby no uh probably if you want to talk influences i would mm -hmm. have to say it probably is israel uh i can't i can never pronounce his his, middle, his last mm -hmm. name is whatever is the guy that, the mm -hmm. guy that does the, 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 oh, the rainbow cover i like his style oh yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah. 
it was just real relaxed and, and loose. But what really drove me to ukulele is the fact that I have small hands. And <laughs> Fair play. I, I wanted to pick up the stringed instrument. I, I started playing drums when I started with, oh, nice. with playing instruments. And I, I played drums for a long time. And then I wanted to learn, you know, a melodic instrument. And so I tried guitar that, that there's some chords I can't bar because I have small fingers. Hmm. So I something I can play that's small that I can do the chords on. And somebody suggested the ukulele hmm. and made it into my own. You know, I, I play it more like a guitar than I do a ukulele. I, you know, I'm doing blues riffs and stuff like that on them. And, hmm. you know, so a lot of people, when, when they listen to my music, they always say, well, never thought you could play a ukulele like that, but I really like hmm. that. You know, so <laughs> it's me trying to play ukulele like, like it's a normal guitar. I suggest them. Um, sorry, I was say, would you be kind enough to to give us a, a song maybe at the end of the show? Yeah, at the end, sure. That'd be yeah. awesome, mate. Be cool. um, if I don't, if you've ever heard of George Formby, um, you should really check him out if you've never heard of him. He's a guy that's from Blackpool, England, and he has a weird, like, it's not a weird voice, but has a very distinctive voice, and his songs are very upbeat, right? But so, so when you think about George Formby, you think about Blackpool. And it does come with a bit of like, oh, fun. But see if you actually watch him play, the guy was phenomenal. Like the way he played the ukulele was just, like, just, he's probably the Jimi Hendrix of ukulele playing. <laughs> well, it was what made me want to go, hey, you love, you love Jimi Hendrix? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh, Hendrix is the man. I was listening to Hendrix at like three in the morning last night, driving Clive Russell up to St. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just that. Only I understand what that means. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we did we did an event last night, a Q and A with a. You watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. So you remember the Blackfish? Yeah. And Game of Thrones. So last night we done a show with him, live. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And we had, I had to drive him home, so it was like a three hour drive. But because the show finished at like eleven o'clock, I didn't get home till like very early this morning. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there knackered, and my wife's in the front driving, and Clive Russell, the Blackfish, is in the passenger seat, and uh, he's blaring. Jimi Hendrix, so I'm lying in the back where I said he'd, I'm feeling sick. <laughs> and I'll hear, there head. must be some kind of way out of here! <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I'll remember that for a while. <laughs> good guy, Clive, good guy. Massive. <laughs> oh, he's very, very tall. Yeah. Right. Sweet yeah. man as well. Very sweet man. I always think it's strange when you see somebody that's of a, let's say, a, a, a very mature age who's really tall. You're used to old people being really Real. kind of small on average size. So when you see one that's like six foot four, six foot five, you're like, Jesus, you're big. Yeah. Well, well, here's something for you. Andy Gibb, who was there last night, says, brilliant night last night. Uh, absolutely was. We do live events as well um, in our hometown and sometimes around UK. We've never really made out to America yet, but one day we will. One day. Um, question for you both. What age do you think Clive Russell is? <laughs> that's, ooh. I'm gonna go with sixty-eight. Okay, J Mac. Uh, seventy-four. No, he's seventy-seven. Wow. Seventy-seven. Right, and still very much. You would not. You would he's not think that. for seventy-seven. He looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, hey, he's, he's still he's very. He's very sharp as well. Very he's, sharp. He's sharper than I am, and I'm only thirty-two. <laughs> Yeah, very, very nice man. Yeah. Um, so 
as far as actors go, um, what's the kind of actor that you would go right? I'm going to see that purely because this person's in it. Oh, that is now that's a tough question for me because there, there's a lot of actors out there right now that that I really love, and a lot of them are character actors, so mm. they're not even like headliners. But and anytime Gary Oldman shows up in something, oh, <laughs> he's I a legend. And that is just going to be good. He he's he's one of those actors that like he loses himself so much in the role that. Sometimes you're like, there's something about him I know, but I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. And it's Gary Oldman. That's that's why. <laughs> he was an uh, Oppenheimer. Yes, he was. He was. That's right. Aye. Hey, you know, have, we do... have you have you have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No, no, I <laughs> want to see it. Yeah, yeah. make make good. a make a point of going to see it. It was very very good. I'm a huge I'm a, I'm a huge history nut, and especially the, you know, the World War Two, post World War Two. Kind of Cold War era. That's yeah. that, and I actually read that book. That, that the movie ah. phenomenal. Oh, nice. When they made it into this movie, I knew it was going to be huge. Oh. Yeah. Our friend just made a film about World War Two. It's called Dick Dynamite, nineteen forty-four. We'll <laughs> need to set you up with a screener of that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. We showed it last night in the cinema. Um, that's what our event was. Brilliant. A lot of notable faces. Um, what was I going to say there about? There's a film recently. Ah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was thinking about Oppenheimer. What was it? And it was Gary Oldman to Oppenheimer. Ah, I can't mind now. Darkest brain or something? Nah, a brain fart there purely because of lack of sleep. <laughs> I'll say. Um, ah, that's what it was. This is what it was. So there we you. do we do a, a small series on our podcast called The Watch Along. Which, by the way, when we first started it, I thought to myself, I thought, who's actually going to tune in with us on one screen? And then go to the effort to put a film on another screen so that we can all watch, right? And believe it or not, it's very popular. When we when we tune in to do a watch along, what happens is we get together like this and everybody at home gets together and we we, ha we watch a film together and we all comment and we talk and it's brilliant. And uh, we, we will never watch along a great, a great movie. It has to be something that's absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, <laughs> You should absolutely, definitely tune in on one of them with us and and yep. watch uh, watch along with us and the audience. That would be great. But what films have you watched that you love that are fucking bonkers that people are just like, what the hell? Okay, so bad movies that I just I, I love. Okay, Blood for Dracula. <laughs> There's a movie called Blood for Dracula. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. Nope. But it's, it is. Fucking the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the movie, it takes place in, like, I don't know, 1800s era Italy. Mm. And Dracula, for some reason, is trying to find a, a summer vista in, in, like, Napoli, you know, northern Italy or someplace like that. And so, he's in Italy... And he's trying to find some some women to to feast on because this version of Dracula only feeds on women, and he only feeds on. Uh, can relate. And he's starving because he keeps <laughs> keeps trying to feed on women that have already had sex in their life, and so he's finding uh. virgins in Italy, and <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's <laughs> ridiculous, but. The guy that's the hero in this movie is this Marxist 
who's playing by some guy from the Narica who's clearly from like Brooklyn or something, but he's <laughs> trying to tax himself off as Italian. Has the worst fucking lines you've ever heard. Like when, when they figure out that, you know, he's after virgins, it, it's these two girls that tell him that, and he's like, "Yeah, so why is he trying to chase you two horns?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just terrible. So that that is definitely like my biggest, most favorite, bonkers, terrible dad movie of all time. That's gone on my watch list. Absolutely, we've we've watched quite a lot uh, we watched a shark called ouija shark so like a ouija board summons a shark ghost that just tans everybody <laughs> um we um who else we watched birdemic which is about In a pandemic of birds <laughs> did you see that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um crispy's curse which was quite shit wasn't it oh it was awful some killer, killer was, was a killer clown one of these killer clown movies and it was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be a like a horror comedy, and it was, it was just the most. Neither. Just, yeah, it was. It was just shit in every way possible. I think there was one moment that was mildly funny when I can't even remember how it happens. A guy's in a bath, and then he ends up just getting all the flesh eaten from his legs. So he comes out of the bath. He's just got these bones for legs, and it it was mildly amusing, but it was oh, it was such a terrible, terrible film. But that's the key. That's the key to the watch along is it has to be something terrible, but ideally so terrible that it's actually good. Amazing. What was the one with the Beaster Bunny? Beaster, like Bunny. Beaster Bunny, but a beast. Yeah. Is this just big rabies looking bunny that's like towers above houses and just absolutely destroys folk? We 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 laugh so hard that I'm near falling off my seat. I think J Mac just had to go and get a new seat, right? <laughs> I did. This is a brand new chair. <laughs> Broke the last one from laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they have to be good, and and I, uh, you should definitely come on. I d that, looking at this blood of Dracula, it looks like it might be semi-serious. Um, the stuff we go for has to be like really, really low budget, terrible. It, like it is low is budget, it, it is, it, and it's it's not serious. I mean, it, it probably tries to be, but you, mm. the, the the lines are so terrible. Yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the hidden gems that we like. It's when they're trying to make something good, and it just it, it comes out so bad that it's hilarious. Because they they try if you try to make a bad movie, most of the time it is it is just bad. But if they're taking it seriously when they're making it, and it just turns into a massive piece of shit, it's just hilarious. Um, the I mean, Birdemic was an example of that. That guy still tries to defend that movie and it's it's beyond horrendous defend um, it. it like he 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 gets offended when people say it's bad it's like dude you've got a 1.9 on imdb it's fucking <laughs> bad <laughs> um so um <laughs> your your tiktok stuff um the you put your artwork up there as well yeah. um have you is, is that something that you've done since you were a kid the, the drawing yeah. and painting yeah, so that, that started before I was diagnosed with, with leukemia. I've always liked to draw uh, ever since I was a little, little kid. Um, but, you know, I developed a love of it when I was in the hospital because it was something I could do easily to pass the time, you know. Because, yeah. you know, being in the hospital, it's, it's mainly just sitting around doing nothing. So I was able to kind of develop 
my skills a little bit that way. And then I took some classes uh, later on, like in middle school and high school, and just sort of developed that as, as I got older. And now it's something it's something I love to do. You know, I, I thought about making it a, a profession at one point in my life, but I decided, you know, I, I don't want to make something that I love that much, something that I try to I try to make money at and make a living at because I, I feel like some sometimes when you do that you, you lose a little a little bit of what you love about it. Hmm. Business. Uh, to just, I think um the key to happiness, well, real happiness is just having a good family and everybody being healthy. But I think I, I a good a good stab at life is to do what you love and get paid for it. And if you can get paid even more than what you would in any other job doing the thing you love, I think that's that's definitely something worth. Um, but you know, there's someone from my town who she's just a, a normal woman worked in a bank, and my wife knows her. She started doing TikToks of her washing her hair because her hair's frizzy. So she started using different shampoos, started washing her hair, and she was getting like millions of views on her tiktok because that's what women like there's a, there's clearly an audience for it there so she just done it purely just to kind of show how cool her hair was so she kept doing it and then she sends my wife a picture and it's the keys to a new new built house that's like a dream home that was all built purely because of tiktok she's left her job she just washes her hair now and tiktok has made her like she's she now puts away money she's able to like really plan for the future and live a life that she was never going to be able to do working nine to five, you know? So I think like with your stuff, uh, you should always definitely keep going with it. And, and if you have the opportunity to monetize it, I would say definitely flick that switch and let it be monetized. Um, but you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to lose the essence of what it is you do, you know what I mean? Um, but I think if people love it, then why not get paid for it and, and let it affect your life? even more positively that's my kind of look on it but i totally get where you're coming from when people say you don't want it to become a job because then you'll kind of lose what you love about it um we've kind of done that with the podcast we've someone did offer to buy us um and we didn't actually go through with it um they wanted to buy the podcast and essentially own it and give us kind of yeah i did it, content it, it, and whatnot. Aye, so i mean definitely if it's not right you'll know um, but I do believe that if you can do something, <laughs> attention is cash at the end of the day, isn't it? Eh? But if you can no, do something, just love. just don't be one of these guys on TikTok that holds a sign saying "Need help with rent." <laughs> Make yeah. good content, then you prick. Definitely try <laughs> to do that because you know I most of my audience I don't think would would like that anyway. But, but I just don't I don't feel right doing stuff like that. I mean, I never I never tell people. Stop giving me gifts on TikTok. I don't like that. Yeah. And we say, I'm not going to stand up here and say I I want this or need this, but thank you for giving it to me. Yeah. No, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't ever want to become one of those people that's like, hey, TikTok, here's my problems. Can you help me out with them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's essentially just, it, this digital begging. You know, <laughs> digital vagrancy. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know what's funny, Ross? We've got these deals set up with t-shirt companies with VPNs, right? And we we so don't like log it to our audience that we don't even know. We know you go to Surfshark dot 
com forward slash jibber jabber and you'll get something but we so very rarely actually promote it because we're like hey yo if you want if you want a vpn let us know but we're not gonna you know and make sure you go to surfshark and get the vpn because i think we're too real for that yeah you've we... just done it you've just done it inadvertently <laughs> there you go no but do you know what i mean i think i think we're too real for that like we never came here to to make this into a business we came here to chat and you know this is our catch up every week and we do it and we love everything we do about it. So we don't want to get bugged down in the weeds and go, you know, we're just going to take five minutes from the show and just let you know that mesothelioma affects how many people. <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to do it. Um, unless they pay us up front. <laughs> in which case, we'll be back after this ad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? So I totally feel you on that. We, we, and now we work from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so not us but we, we are set up with these companies that even amazon at one point it's like yeah go and use our link and they'll kick back a couple of bits to the show but we're just like yo just do sometimes, what you want to do hey. sometimes they do email like hello i know <laughs> it's like you, you know you can get more for your uh your money if you try doing this and all this and we're like oh okay like, i haven't heard from you in a while it's like i don't even know if we're still sponsored by shuffle truffle i don't know does our well, code still work the fact that you just called it shuffle truffle is a major problem because it's called truffle shuffle uh, <laughs> uh, yeah oh, man so uh, you, you've how many step kids have you got did you say two two step kids yeah. And, yeah. and how old are they uh my son is 17 Almost eighteen, my daughter's sixteen. Wow, how old? How old are you, Ross? I've never asked. Forty-three. Forty-three. Don't look forty-three. Uh, you're only five years older than me. Like I'm ninety. Um, the, the, the obviously the 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 childhood cancer you had. Did what? In what ways does it still affect you today? Well, I you know I. I'm still affected today because I'm I'm still an undersized person, uh, <clears throat> so I'm I'm not very tall. I don't weigh a lot, so that's that's one way. Um, and you know, there's there's other things like uh, the radiation treatments affected, mm. you know, some some parts of my everyday life. Um, you know, I I had problems with uh, moving around, range of motion, um, energy levels, that kind of thing. So, just uh you know just everyday crap that i had to deal with yeah you know i am um, we know a few people and like dungeons and dragons you know the big orc looking thing at the start i guess his head kicked in by chris pine yeah so that's a guy we know spencer weldon he also went on to play darth vader in rogue one right so because right. he's so tall right movies really they look for those kind of guys have you ever thought about getting his stunt acting because we know a fella who played r2d2 and he's quite he's quite a short fella, but that works because there's always roles because not everybody's short. Do you know what I mean? Everybody will I, apply to, to be an actor, but you know if you have you're retired, huh? you need somebody short and you know ah, well. Yeah, yeah. Casting. I would I would you know, you could you could send them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's so it's it's a lot easier to get into nowadays, especially if you're like recognized from TikTok and stuff. But um, you know, when we've been through a kind of processes of casting and stuff, but a character that's written as a small person, they're not going to hire. Well, then again, in 2023, they could hire somebody that's six feet 
that identifies as a small person. But usually, <laughs> usually, right? <laughs> usually they tend to look for people that fit the character, right? Yeah. But and then it's not so easy to to really to find the people that actually fit it. Yeah. Um, so that, that like, could be something that really would be pretty awesome. I mean, you the, the, there's the 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 new live action version of Snow White's coming out. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, or more like Snow Snow White and one dwarf and six randomly <laughs> selected people. There's, there's only one dwarf, one dwarf. The rest of them are just ticking ticking some boxes. It's like uh, this is this is just getting out of hand. Yeah, it's a shame. It's yeah. A shame. Oh. But it'd be it would be pretty cool to see. To, to see you do something like that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, we, 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 uh, if hey, if we ever speak to someone that is casting for something, we definitely put your name forward. Definitely do that, definitely. yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, we, we, we have been, we've been kind of dipping our toes more in the industry and it's kind of making contacts, and it's it's good fun. I mean, uh, it's something I always wanted to try ever like forever since I was a kid. I always wanted to try acting, um, and basically. <laughs> We just facilitated it ourselves, really. By mm-hmm. we we started a little production company. Um, we we got given a script by a, an award winning writer to basically just said, "Here's a script, go make it." And we we're like, "All right, cool." And uh, there was a, there was one part in it. This guy called Peter, who's slightly overweight, lazy, doesn't have a job. Kevin wrote me a text message, said, "Jordan, I think you'd be perfect for this." <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks man he sees it that way i see i see it wait, wait a minute it, it works because they're the same height and j-mac is itching to get in the act and this could be his his chance you know and like i say you've got to find someone that fits the uh fits the character and i think j-mac really pulled it off really well um and, and you know we're actually kind of involved with a, a sequel to a really cool movie, Dick Dynamite, nineteen forty-four, and he's actually the director's coming over to New York. So I would never say rule out America. I know for a fact he would cast you in the second in the sequel. So if uh, if there is scope to come out to the states, most definitely we'll put your name forward. That could be really cool. Thank you. That'd be awesome, eh? Brilliant. Yeah. Ah. Um. What What else do you do for fun, Ross? I mean, you've you've got your music and your art. Do you do anything else? Yeah, I like to cook. Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love cooking. Actually, culinary mm. was on the short list. It was mm. that or law school, and I, I chose law school. But some days I think I should have chose culinary school instead. Uh, but mm. I've always had a, I've always had a, a, an interest in cooking. I like to read as well. Mm-hmm. What's your I, favorite book to read? I like to watch TV. Good, good comedy on uh, on TV. Mm. Or- <laughs> Um, but what's uh, when it comes to your food? Do you have a a specific country that you like to cook the food from, or do you just go all over? I love cooking Asian food, any any kind of uh, Japanese or Indian or Chinese or Thai. You know, I'm always willing to try and. Oh, ja- Japanese is easy. They never cook anything. Yeah, and they, you know they 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 have a lot of raw foods and and barely cooked foods, but it's still tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, the, um, sorry, say again. I like cooking curries and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I, I love a good curry. My wife can't stand spicy food at all, so it's very, very rare that I get to eat real, real curries. Um, it's normally just like a, a TV dinner sort of thing, um, <laughs> which is which really 
it's just not. It's just not the same. Um, so a TV it, dinner. Look at you speaking American. Hey, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. Trying to help you. We don't call them TV dinners. They're called a freezer job. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like it could be something really different. <laughs> a freezer job. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't think I've ever heard a Scottish person say a TV dinner. Never. Uh, that's it's a micro meal. I just it's a ready meal, ready meal, microwave meal, whatever. Uh, or a freezer job. Fucking TV dinner. Fucking TV dinner. I'm making an effort here, and you're calling me out. Asshole. You made me. You made me picture right. You sitting down with Danny DeVito as he tells you how fucking useless you are. <laughs> That actually happened. True story. <laughs> Brilliant. A book? Brilliant. What do you want a book for? <laughs> so can a calculator. <laughs> ah, Matilda. What a great Matilda. film. Yeah. <laughs> Love Matilda. <laughs> yeah. My God. Right, so... this, this went really off track there for a second. <laughs> We're supposed to. We're supposed to. Um, before we wrap up, Ross, so you're going to play us a song. That's right. Brilliant. What's the name of the song? This is called Goldfish Bowl. Ah, nice. Goldfish Bowl. And so it's an original. It is. This is about a, a girl that I knew. And I'm sorry if the reverb came on, but that's what I, ah, I like. No, no. This is about a girl that I uh, I tried to date, but she didn't like me. Ah. <laughs> she, <laughs> we were friends. Um, she had a uh, a desk at her job that she put this goldfish bowl on. And she would invite people to put books in the goldfish bowl. And um, it was her way of kind of reaching out to people, making connections with people, but also getting new things to read. And um, as a result, she, you know, she developed quite an affinity for like writers of antiquity, like Plato and Socrates and guys like that. And I thought, well, that's great. These these dead old white guys are getting more action. From this, <laughs> I thought, I guess what I need to do is just write a book and die, and <laughs> and that's kind of where the song comes from. Oh, nice. Okay, okay, I've given wow. the floor, given the full right. screen. Absolutely, here we go, mate. <laughs> I can smell your breath. Cooling in the wind. Read your words and your poetry. You like to play pretend. Wish I had a key.
Dipped into no tears Oh, so I've been told There was Just reflect the light Our chins and foolish goals should write a book Make it my life's goal Really To die and find life Where you Sign your goldfish bone Your bone You're not there Even though I know I know you are Come and go like My chronic pain Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Kevin, you're you're muted. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Um, my uh, one thing I would say is, see the girl that put a goldfish bowl in for books. She didn't really think that through, right? How many books can you get in a fucking goldfish bowl? What a silly thing. You got a few. <laughs> it's a big bowl. You, you didn't need her. <laughs> you didn't need her. She never thought that. She never thought that through. I'd put down like a. A bucket or something, right? But a goldfish bowl, man. Like, it's fucking... What if she brought, like, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? That's not getting in there. <laughs> Ke uh, Kevin's a little bit of an overthinker. Um... <laughs> Tati Soup says, love the song. You're getting some high praise there. <laughs> do you know, oh, do you know what awesome. a tatty is? A, a tatty? No. It's a potato. That's what we call a potato in Scotland. Okay. So we have mashed tatties, roast tatties, Boiled tatties, sautéed tatties. I know everything there is to know about the tatty business. <laughs> oh man, you went all you went, Bubba. That's class. I like that. <laughs> that went, Bubba. <laughs> we all go a little Bubba sometimes. <laughs> I'm on fire, right? I'm on fire. Oh, you're stealing the comedic value tonight, son. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Blame on the uh, sleep. But that that's that was a that was a beautiful song, man. Have you nice. I mean how many songs do you think you've you've written? Well, well over a hundred. Right. You need to put them together, man. Get them on an album. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I keep working on that. They're they're on Spotify and and oh and, and iTunes and stuff right now. Well, most of them. There's some that I don't have on there that I I'm working on getting those put on there as well. But mm. now, are, are those are those just uh, as single songs, or have you compiled them into albums? Just single yeah, songs. I, I don't compile them into albums or anything. They're just singles. Right. Mm. I could piece some of these together and put them on an album, I guess. Kirsty Grant says, "Great voice." Kirsty, yeah, brilliant. Uh, Kirsty, she she auditioned for a thing called the X Factor, um, and here in the UK, the X Factor. I think you had it out there in the US for a wee while. No, they right? had a, they had American Idol. It's the same Aye, thing. but they, they did also have X Factor. Oh no, as well. they did. You did have See, the X Factor, but it was did. yeah, um, short lived. <laughs> but um, so she went there. So she sang Humpty Dumpty. Get the fuck. She's imagine Humpty Dumpty. Imagine Christina Aguilera singing Humpty Dumpty, and they're like, "Yeah, fucking." How's oh. that go? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. <laughs> so they weren't keen on it. <laughs> Stupid motherfucker had a great fall. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Kirsty. Kev does. By the by, uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. She's class. She's class. <laughs> oh man, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See, the you you need to come over to Scotland at some point. You'll you'll have a great time. No, he won't, because he doesn't like haggis. He doesn't <laughs> like haggis. He doesn't like haggis. No, I've had it. Now I may not have had good haggis, so you guys might have to show me some good haggis. That that's possibly the problem. Where where did you where did you try haggis? Where were you when you tried it? In some restaurant that was touted as being a Scottish restaurant. So who knows? It could have been just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the name of this restaurant so we can name and shame it? Uh, I went in Cincinnati and I forgot the name of it. Cincinnati. It in Cincinnati, yeah. Right. I'll mm. I'll I'll look it up afterwards. <laughs> Christy says I'll get you a fish bowl. Here, here, he's a married man for fuck's sake. <laughs> hey, hey, come on the podcast they say they've got you've got women throwing themselves at you. Hey. <laughs> it's all the TikTok fame. <laughs> um, now, we took a, a, a genetic test. Uh my wife got these for my kids and I for, for Christmas. She wants hmm. one you know with the breakdown of our, our genetic heritage is and my whole life I've been told you're Irish. You're grand- your ancestors were Irish on both sides. Not so. I'm 55% Scottish. <laughs> nah, no 55%. way. 55%. Ah, that explains the great sense of humor and lovely voice. <laughs> well, true that. My aunt told me this story, and this is kind of funny. So, my last name is Gibson with a P, like P is yeah. in Yeah. My is G I B S O N. Yeah. And my aunt said there's this legend about our family, that we were once part of the Gibson clan in mm. England, but that we, some of us decided we were going to poach some aristocrats' horses and steal them. And so, yeah, my horse-thieving ancestors took all these horses to Scotland, and we dropped the B and added the P, and that's, that's where our family settled, because we were wanted people <laughs> in England, and we... we <sighs> Scotland with all these horses. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a, a hilarious way to try and get away with something. It's like 
It's like, right, they're looking for the McDonald's, so we'll change our name to McPonald. That'll yeah. be fine. Or, or we'll the get away with it. The McDonald's. <laughs> All of a sudden, Arnie shows up and he's like, fine, chat, but where are my horses? <laughs> talking about? That's, uh, what's it? Um, Hercules in America. Hercules in New York. Have you ever Same seen hang. that, Ross? Right. Hercules in New York. That was my impression of it. Oh, God. This was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first lead role in a movie. Um, I think it was 1973, Four? maybe, maybe 74. Um, they they dubbed his voice over because they were like, nobody's going to understand what you're saying. So they got some, you know, one of these guys to do his voice. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, Samurai Cop. You have to watch Samurai Cop if you've never You'll seen have that. You've seen Samurai Cop. Have you seen Samurai Cop? No, it's on my list, though. Well, ah, we... Awesome. We watched it and we done a big review on it, proper laughing at it and taking the piss. And then the next game week, the the main star from it came on. Oh, it was awkward, <laughs> but it was class. Though the guy was really good. In but, fact, uh, I think he... that that was one of the videos that I sent uh, that I Samurai sent to you, Ross, in our, our messages. I'm sure it was the the interview with uh, Matthew Caradas. Um, ah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was funny because the week before we were we were tearing that film to shreds and just taking the piss out of him and everything in it. And then we asked him if he wanted to come on the show, and he, he was he was so good about it. Like he under he understands why people love the, love film, the film, and it's because it's terrible. And <laughs> he was he was just so open to the conversation. It was it was great fun. This has been great fun too, man. Th- thanks for thanks for giving us some of your your yes, time. Janice just popped in there at oh. the end. She says, oh, sorry, "Sorry, guys, I'm spending time with our daughter. Love y'all, love y'all too, Janice. Hey, by the way, Janice, Ross is from America, also." You're probably neighbors with Janice. <laughs> that's not, how, that's not how America works. <laughs> She's from Indiana, right? So that's not far from you. Illinois. Right? Close. See? <laughs> See? Um, yeah, Janice is a she's she's not she's normally a very um a very loyal viewer. She couldn't she couldn't view tonight because she's she's doing other things, but that's fine. We forgive you. That's fine. Um but yeah, um, Ross, it's it's been great, man. I, I uh, mm. hope we'll we'll stay in touch and uh, yeah. we'll maybe do something again. Definitely, I I look forward definitely. to it, guys. Thank you, Kevin. You too, buddy. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get on for a, a watch along, another watch along. Um, yeah. Peace out, guys. Take it <laughs> easy, buddy. Thanks again, Ross. That's amazing. Um, that was really fun. That was fun. I really yeah. liked speaking there with Ross. And thanks for everybody to for being really sound and complimenting ross um next what, week by the way what, what what a great wee voice by the way yeah i know voice. i know i know really love it um definitely very talented i would buy that i would buy that album i i i'll listen to it on spotify <laughs> 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 i don't buy a lot of albums these days um unless it's a physical one uh next week i'm away to london so i won't be on the show but i will because J mac and i are putting out an episode that we recorded specially for all y'all, so you can all still tune in. It will look like it's live, but it won't be. So if you're commenting in the comments, we won't see it because it was already recorded before now. Uh, but definitely tune in because we review Mobland, the new John Travolta film that everybody is talking about. Aren't they all, J-Mac? By the way, what? <laughs> unexpected, unexpectedly class. <laughs> right? I'm putting it on in the cinema. I'm literally putting it on in the cinema because I thought that's a big and that. that's that's a big decision for you to make, you know. And if you're making Correct. that decision, it shows it shows that there's something in this film. The Absolutely. the guys at um, Fetch Publicity Fetch. and Altitude Films sent us um, this film as a 
a screener. It's not even out yet. We got to. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love it when we get a screener. I love it. Yeah. And uh, we 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 watched it and did a wee a wee thing on it. So make sure you tune in for that next Sunday at nine pm. Mm-hmm. GMT. Um, I'll be actually in Wembley, but what I will do is I'll tune in anyway in the comments. So I'll be able to respond to a lot of you in the actual comments. Thanks Mate, again. Don't for just what? enjoy enjoy your your wrestling, man. You, that's that's imagine. Imagine the best, the best wrestling move or the best wrestling moment to ever happen could happen on that ring in Wembley, and you're looking at your phone going, "All right, Janice, that would be <laughs> that would suck. It'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. <laughs> it'd be absolutely worth it. Um, but uh, it'll be class. So you'll see that next week, and then the week after we'll be back with some even more fun. J Mac, I'll tell you half here, um, but more cool shit on its way. Um, aye, so smash the subscribe. <laughs> Smash the subscribe button if you haven't already. Share this with your friends if you enjoyed the episode. And join us next week if you actually really enjoy it. Or just go and fuck yourself. One another. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You like it? Thanks. Uh, cool. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And I will see you all next week, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah, it yeah. easy, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks Good again to Ross as well. Aye. Legend, man. Go and follow him on TikTok. Ross Gibson. Gibson with a P. Speaking of P. Need go for one. Take it easy, lads. Bye.